Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. Now, today I have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Lehman Baird. He is the founder and chief scientist at Hedera Hashcraft. Lehman, uh, Dr. Lehman Baird, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, so my first question to kick things off is, uh, what is your background? And is it a logical background to what you do now? <laughs> I think so. So um, I'm a computer scientist. I've been doing that for many years. I was a professor. I was a researcher in a bunch of labs. And I just really have enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed the math side of that. And so uh, I always just do math problems for fun. And I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. And I've been starting several companies. And we can talk about that if you're interested. And so all of that came together with Hedera. There was this cool math problem that I was able to solve and then build all this computer science stuff around it and built a company around it. And so it was just kind of fun. Uh, all the parts of my background come together. My co-founder was Mans Harmon, and uh, he has a similar background, and uh, it was a good, good combination. Excellent. So let's, uh, let's talk about some of the, a little bit first about some of the companies you founded before we dive into, uh, into Hedera. Sure. So starting around 2000, we started... Um, starting various companies. So we started a company to do um, on Palm Pilots, if you can recall, way back then there were these PDAs. People didn't really have cell phones the way we do now. Uh, but it had PDAs and you would do, be able to authenticate yourself to it, just like your iPhone right now looks at your face or looks at your thumbprint. Um, we were doing the same thing. I had an AI system I wrote that would look at your handwriting and could figure out how to get you in and authenticate you to other things. Uh, that was acquired by a Fortune 500 company. And then we did other things for uh, physical security with, um, with interesting um, cybersecurity things in, incorporated into it. And that was acquired. And then we had this problem. It was a math problem that I just was working on for fun, which is could you get computers to agree on things with extreme levels of security, but also be very fast? And I, I worked on it, and I would play with it and convince myself, you know what, it's impossible. You can be fast or secure. You can't have them both at the same time. And I'd set it aside, but it would just keep coming back and haunting me and gnawing at me, and, and I would keep working on it. And eventually, in 2015, I said, oh, wait, if you just add two hashes to each message, you can get the highest level of security with no communication at all. You just kind of get it for free. And so you can have the highest level of security, but be as fast as the Internet would allow. Uh, you can get speed and security at the same time. And we thought that was really cool. And so we started a company to build private ledgers, like private blockchains, to prove out the technology. That was Swirls. And then we said, okay, we have huge traction here. People are very interested in this. Let's create a public company that will do a public ledger and build it with a council that could give us good governance. And so that was the, that's what we did. We built Hedera based on that. So we've had all these companies that we've done, um, in addition to other things that we've done in the past, like being a professor or whatever. So 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I, I, my question is, is what exactly, I mean, I've seen it on my BRD um, app for a long time. What exactly is Hedera? I don't really know. I'd like to find out more. Um, and then how have you structured and developed the Hedera ecosystem to solve real, real world problems? Yeah. So Hedera is a public ledger. You know, it's a blockchain. The technology is slightly different, um, better in several ways, but it's a, it is a, a distributed ledger technology, a DLT, a blockchain, or a public ledger. That means that it's a group of computers that come to agreements on what order to put the transactions that people send in and to put timestamps and agree on the timestamps of those transactions. So if you have some legal requirement to publish something by noon on Tuesday, it will prove that you did so. And it gives you cryptographic proof. You will have be able to show to a court, yes, I really did do it before noon on Tuesday, and here is the proof from Hedera that I'm telling the truth. In addition to that, um, it is fair. If you send in a transaction and it reaches most of the computers, and then I send in a transaction and it reaches most of the computers, you're guaranteed that yours counts as coming before mine. And so uh, if you do something like a stock market on it or some kind of uh, an auction or something, you can have a guarantee of fairness of the ordering as well. And so like any ledger, it can do cryptocurrency, it can do smart contracts. Uh, we have a file system. We also, though, wanted to make it more flexible. And so in addition to that, we have a consensus service, which means you can kind of build your own network to do your own thing, doing whatever you want, design it in any way you want. You can make it highly encrypted and private, or you can make it very public, whatever you want. But you can use then Hedera as the consensus engine to put the transactions in order for you and put timestamps on them and to have provable consensus. And we can do that for you. And so Hedera's consensus service allows other networks to really be running cons uh, Hedera at the core and inherit all the trust of Hedera. And so you have the advantages of a private blockchain, but you have the, also the advantages of a public blockchain combined. Um, it's not exactly like an L2. It's sort of the opposite of an L2 based on where the processing happens and where these things are stored. And so we have all of this. This is what Hedera is. It's a public ledger. It also has this consensus service. But it has everything else you'd expect. It has a token service that lets you mint new tokens and have them be processed at the speed of a native layer service. You don't have to do an ERC-20 inside of a smart contract. You can actually do tokens at the native layer. Um, this is what Hedera is. And uh, um, that's you know, what we designed from the beginning. What's unusual is that it's really fast. So we've slowed it down at the moment to only 10,000 transactions per second. 10,000 transactions per second is actually very fast. Um, and the funny thing is that we are discovering that if you build it, they will come. There are a lot of people that have applications that want to be doing that kind of speed. And so we have tried to build this from the beginning to be incredibly fast. And it's also fair. I told you about how if your transaction reaches the computers before mine does, then yours gets to count as being before mine. And that's very important for certain applications. Uh, and it's also very low latency. When a user submits a transaction, you know within a few seconds that it has gone through. And by gone through, I mean finality. You know for sure that it has happened. And so we built a system that gives you finality. It will not roll back. You'll not have a stale branch of, of the blockchain. It will be guaranteed finality 
your transaction has gone through, the entire network agrees and will never change its mind within just a few seconds. And so that's, that's what Hedera is. It's a ledger, so like a blockchain, but extra fast, extra secure ABFT, which is extra secure and very uh, fair and very low latency, high throughput. That's excellent. Um, so when I think of speed, I think of, I think of the token that's been marketed as speed, and that's XRP. So how do you differ from that? Uh, so we are uh, <laughs> running at 10,000 transactions per second right now with finality in a few seconds, and um, we will be even be faster in the future. Um, we're just limited to that at the moment. In addition, we have extremely decentralized governance, and it's worth talking about this. The governance of Hedera is it's actually different from what anyone else is doing. So we have a bunch of big names that are jointly governing it. And they aren't just advisors. This isn't just a, like a standards group. They are actually owners of Hedera. Each of them owns one piece of Hedera. And they control what Hedera does. What features we put into our software? When will we do software upgrades? They enforce that the software upgrades will be upgraded, that all the computers will have be on the same version. They set pricing. They set uh, they manage the, the supply of tokens. They are doing everything. And they are names that you know. So it's Google and IBM and Boeing and you know, one of the world's largest law firms, the oldest bank in South Korea and the largest bank in Africa and one of the largest financial institutions in Japan. Um, Magalu is a household name in Brazil and in and really South America, all of South America. Uh, they're a, an online retailer and a brick-and-mortar retailer. Uh, we have a payment system that's just a household name in Australia, FPOS. These are the kinds of, of um, people that are running the system. And you notice that I said they're in a number of different continents. They're under different governments. They're in different industries. And they're all huge companies that have a reputation to protect. You're not going to be able to bribe Google to do something malicious that's going to hurt their reputation. You just, you're not going to be able to do that. These are huge entities that you know about, that's transparent. You know who is running it. It's not a bunch of people in a smoke-filled room making plans behind the scenes. They are transparent. You know who they are. When they have their meetings every other month, we publish the minutes. The entire world can see what they said and how they discussed and what they were thinking about. Uh, this kind of governance builds a level of trust, this kind of decentralized governance, builds a layer of trust that you wouldn't have without the transparency and, uh, and without this um, putting in every continent, every market, every government, under every government, under various different systems. No one government can control it or, or take over or shut it down. Um, even in time, it's decentralized. They have term limits. And after the term limit, they have to leave and someone else comes in. Uh, and so that's, that's a really... That's a really critical distinguishing thing about Hedera that no one else is doing right now. And I just think it's critical because it's all about trust. We're building something that's going to last for 100 years and provide this service to the world for 100 years. We have to have this foundation of trust. I agree. And um, I'm glad you're in Brazil because I, I've been interviewing founders around the world, but um, I have, don't have that good of eyes in, in South America, although I'm trying. But the fact that you're there... Um, that's excellent. Um, mm -hmm. So 
I appreciate how you telling me. Thank you. Um, you I want to go back to something you said. You said what Hadera does, and and you do a lot. And uh, you know, I want to first find out. Um, you know, discussing the solving of real world problems, and um, I want to start with COVID nineteen at, at the forefront. People are getting vaccinated. Still, in some places, this is rampant. Uh, how is um, Hadera being used in the area of vaccines and vaccine cold storage? Yeah. So what I've been describing so far is just the plumbing of a utility to make things possible, which is totally useless if people don't actually do things on it. And people are doing things on it. So we have things like everywhere. Everywhere is a company that built on top of us. They're working with the NHS in the UK, uh, so the health system in the United Kingdom, and they do vaccine cold storage. They are recording it and uh, giving you this immutable record of how your, your dose, you know, the serial number on the little jar, how your dose has been kept cold so that you can trust it. This is important. And so if you're going to get a vaccine for COVID to prevent the horrible things that happen when you get COVID, the vaccine is a wonderful thing. They're giving you confidence that it has been uh, kept cold along the way and has been managed properly. Or you have Safe Health. That's a different company. And they're doing track and contain of COVID itself, trying to see who gets COVID and how they interact with other people and tracking it and trying to contain it. An important part of the pandemic, especially near the beginning, but even now it is very important as new strains come out. And as we're trying to tamp down on it, it looks like we're starting to get some victory over it. We need people like Safe Health doing that. So places like Arizona State University, they do this track and contain. And they're using Hedera to, to have these immutable records and to make sure that everyone's seeing the same thing and to make sure that it's true and that you can trust it. Or you have something like ACOR, which is doing global COVID tracking and um, they're keeping track of what's going on around the world because in a lot of places you know, there's bad reporting and now they're, they're doing that on Hedera. Hedera is making these things possible. Part of the reason it's, it's possible is because of the extreme trust that you can have in Hedera because of the governing council and because of the ABFT, the math part of the trust. But also, um, they're doing it because we have just the raw speed and there's a lot of transactions per second. And you know, raw speed comes with low price. So these consensus service things that they're building on us are uh, a hundredth of a cent, one one hundredth of a cent of a US dollar. So a 10,000th of a US dollar for each of the transactions. It's just incredible. Um, you know, other ledgers might charge you dollars or tens of dollars to do a transaction, even $100 when they're under a lot of stress. And, you know, that's fine for some things, but for things like what we're talking about, combating COVID, they can't do that. You can't have $100 or even $1. But at a hundredth of a cent, at a ten, hundredth of a cent, a ten thousandth of a dollar, you can do these things. And so we're enabling these things. We're making it possible to do these things. Uh, oh, I didn't even see it. Talk about the MVC, one of our most recent ones. The Kingdom of Bahrain is using this for supply chain tracking for pharmaceuticals. So it isn't just pharmaceuticals for COVID, it's pharmaceuticals for all of the pharmaceuticals, all of their supply chain. In that kingdom is being done and then they're going to spread out to the rest of the world. Uh, and so there's just all these interesting things that people are doing to make our medical system, our healthcare system, better and more efficient and more trackable and more transparent and we're seeing a lot going on with COVID because this is an enormous problem that 
all of humanity is battling, and we're trying to help with that. So I have a follow-up there. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned the pharmaceutical supply chain in, in Bahrain. Um, what additional, what, what lessons are you finding that companies and people are, are, are learning from the application of blockchain um, to improve pharmaceutical and healthcare? Um, and that could be applied, you know, globally to benefit society. So what they're finding is that you really do need to be doing this. There's a lot of tracking and even other things that need to be tracked. You want to track your diamonds to make sure that they aren't blood diamonds and came from some warlord that murdered people for them. You want to track your supposedly organic food to say, well, is it actually organic? You want to look at your cocoa beans or the cobalt you're buying to make sure it didn't come from slave labor or child labor or unfair practices. All of these things are very similar to tracking the supply chain of pharmaceuticals is that you care where it came from. And what we're learning is that you want to be recording a lot of information, all the steps along the chain. We're finding that it is convenient and useful to be doing it in real time with not just a hash of an enormous chunk of data, but actually storing lots of pieces of data. Uh, it allows you to do real-time tracking, real-time um, people being able to see this in real time. This is helpful. You can do this with L2 systems, but they can be somewhat more slow and you have to find where they are. It is actually helpful, they're finding, to be able to just do it on, on L1. Um, you wouldn't have to, but it, there's advantages to it, and it's simpler, and it's easier. And, of course, you can only do that if L1 is fast, level one meaning the actual ledger itself, which is what Hedera is. You can only do it if it's fast and if it's cheap. You just, it has to be fast and cheap. And then you get this immutable record that will be there forever, and it's visible to the entire world, and it's all in one ledger, and that is great. And so that's one of the things that we're learning and that we're seeing. Um, what we have discovered is that for all the uses of ledger, this, ledgers, this is one of the low-hanging fruit. This is one of the things that are turning out to be uh, where it is starting to change society first. Uh, tokens is another one. There's a million ways in which in the long term, ledgers are going to change society, change the economies, change the world for the better. But in the short term, we're seeing that this kind of tracking is one of the low-hanging fruits where we can make a real difference very quickly, and we're getting huge uptake on that. The other one is tokens, and I'm seeing a huge uptake on that as well. Excellent. And um, so I want to shift gears a little bit. I thank you for that. Um, you know, and to NFTs. NFTs are being used to transform sports, um, especially in advance of your upcoming conversation with uh, NBA Spencer Dinwiddle as part of uh, the blockchain week uh, consensus that brought us together today. Um, how um, how are they being used, and what are you looking forward to uh, to seeing in the area of sports and NFTs? Oh yeah, so I said tokens are the other big area, and this NFTs that you're talking about is part of it. Non fungible tokens, the way of taking something of value in the real world and bringing it into the ledger. And why would you want to do that? Because you get enormous efficiency. It becomes very easy to buy and sell them to set up complicated rules for how they can be bought and sell, and then those rules are enforced by the ledger itself to be able to take things and make them liquid that have never even been possible in the past. And Spencer Dinwiddie is a good example of that. His system, Ga Galaxy, the creator's galaxy, is allowing people who create things to then turn it into a token in the ledger on Hedera, and then be able to monetize it and sell it to people who would want to buy it, but before it just wasn't possible. So it has always been possible to 
buy tickets to a basketball game. You can do that. That has always been around. But what about being able to easily, say, buy the future earnings of an NBA basketball player? That now is what Spencer Dinwiddie is doing. A creator or an entertainer or a basketball player can monetize their own future earnings, and you can buy a share of that as a token on Hedera. Or even better, how about things like, hey, I'd like to have a half hour of time with that guy. I'd love to have lunch with that person. I really admire them, or I have an idea to present to them. You could do tokenization of that. Creators can tokenize their own time. You can take your own time and put it as a token in Hedera and be able to buy and sell that. Or what if you wanted to be able to use tokens to sell for people to be able to influence and do things like say, hey, which, which sneakers am I going to wear at my next basketball game while I'm playing? And you're, you can have your fans actually giving you input on that and voting and deciding on what sneakers you wear at your big, next basketball game. And tokens are being used for that. Other companies are using tokens to track the sneakers themselves. There's a huge collectible market in sneakers. It, it's really interesting. There's a huge collectible. Like people collect stamps and they collect sneakers. Huge collectible market in it. And if you tokenize them, then you can do that. We even have a council member that's involved in tokenizing things. Avery Dennison, uh, and um, doing that kind of thing. And then we have another council member who's really big on tokenizing things, DLA Piper. And so Spencer Dinwiddie is doing this. He's creating this uh, galaxy to help creators to be able to tokenize with NFTs, non-fungible tokens, tokenize things that in the past just weren't liquid. And he's creating markets for things that people have always wanted. They didn't even know they wanted it in some cases and just weren't able to get because there was no efficient way to do it. And this is what I find exciting. As the world gets tokenized, which just means as ledgers are able to represent the stuff in the real world, then we're able to do transactions we could never do before in the real world. They would just be too inefficient. He's creating new kinds of markets. I love that. So I now have a follow-up for that. <laughs> I, uh, I have a couple collections. I've collected baseball cards since I was six and movie posters since 1994. Cool. I haven't, haven't found a market for it. How would I go ahead and be able to, to provide those uh, to the market using Galaxy? That is interesting. So Galaxy helps you to, to tokenize things. Usually he's been talking about creators tokenizing things, but I think collectors could do the same thing. And so what you would do is you would take each baseball card and create a token for it. And you would create, take each poster, each individual poster, and take a, make a token for it. Now, tokens can be fungible or non-fungible. Fungible means, well, all the tokens of this type are the same. If you're buying corn futures, well, one corn future is the same as another, um, if it's the same contract details. But you would be having non-fungible tokens. Each baseball card is different. Even if they printed multiple copies of it, yours has a particular condition that it's in. Everyone is different. And uh, different provenance. It came from you. So everyone is different. Every poster is different. You would tokenize those. Once they have been turned into tokens, they can now live on the ledger. They can live on Hedera. And it becomes extremely easy then to set up markets for it where people can buy and sell it. And you could... Well, here, here's an example of how Galaxy and then just tokenization in general on Hedera could help you. You want to sell someone a baseball card for a million dollars. And this 
this collector is going to pay you a million dollars and you're going to give them the, the uh, baseball card. How exactly do you do that? Do you just um, wait till you get a check in the mail for a million dollars and then you mail them the card? Uh, well, how do you know that you're, how do they know that you're going to mail them the card once they've given you the million dollars? Maybe you have to hire a third party that you're going to give the card to them and the million dollars is going to go to the third party and then we have to trust, both sides have to trust that third party and the third party has to know who you both are and then he, that third party will send off the money to you and the card to the other guy, to the collector. All of that is tricky. Um, you know, you can sell things on, on eBay, but uh, what about fraud? Once it's tokenized though, you can, in the ledger itself, without any third party, you can sell this to another person. They send you the money, you send them the card. Actually, they're sending you the token of the money and you're sending them the token of the card, but you can have legal connections that make them real. Um, you know, so the token of the card really does give you legal ownership of the card and tokenization of the money really does give you access to the money. But they can just send you the money, you send them the card, and it happens instantly. Within just a few seconds, the transaction will have occurred, and it is absolutely 100 guaranteed in the rules of the system that you don't give up your card unless you get the money. And the collector doesn't give up the money unless they get the card. Either both of you get what you want or neither. You never have half the transaction happening. And so you have this enormous efficiency. It can happen in seconds. Oh, and by the way, we'll charge you a tenth of a cent. A tenth of a penny in U.S. dollars is all you would pay for this million-dollar transaction. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? You transfer a million dollars, and it's a tenth of a penny. Not like a wire that takes several days and costs you $30. It's a tenth of a penny for a million-dollar transfer. And it all happens guaranteed by the ledger itself and by all the trust that you have in the math and in the council. That's an example. So I'm going to make an analogy here and see if I'm right. Or if, it's, if I'm not, please edit me. Hedera is to goods and services as Bitcoin is to peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we, are, we are able to, yes, we can, we can create tokens that are like the Bitcoin of the collectible card that you're talking about. Uh, that is true. So Bitcoin was just a store of value, and that's it. It isn't itself a token of anything else in the world. We also have HBARs, which are like Bitcoins. They're a store of value, and they're also how you use the network. They're how you pay the fees. But in addition, we can do this tokenization, and it's what you're saying. It's the equivalent thing, but in the world of goods and services. And it is actually creating markets for things that we never even thought of as a good or service. And, uh, and that's exciting. It sounds exciting to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out and uh, maybe unload some of these cards I've held for four decades. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. Oh, wow. Um, so um, I want to thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Um, I learned a lot. Um, my last question is um, for those uh, who want to find out more about Hedera, more about you, how they can get involved, how they can use your goods and services product, product line, um, not product line, but uh, blockchain, how can they do that? Sure. So Hedera.com, H-E-D-E-R-A, Hedera.com uh, lets you see all the different things we're doing. It has various pages like Hedera.com slash guide that tells you all of the exchanges and the wallets and things you can use. You, they also have links to uh, our 
repos where people can get involved in the open source stuff. They also have lots of pages that show you who the council is and that shows you uh, the various things being built on us. It has links to all sorts of information. I think there's a paper recently that shows that we're very green. We use one five millionth of the energy per transaction of other ledgers uh, and tells you about some of the use cases of people building green things on top of us for carbon credit trading and those sorts of things. All of that's at Hedera.com and there are lots of different ways to get involved. You can build a company on us. You can get involved in the open source community with us. Uh, just lots of different ways that you can get involved. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be with you.